0: 52 yards should be just a nice comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing.
1: Yesterday's price, not today's price on Wyndham Clark. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome in, golf fans. This is the Preferred Lines podcast and live stream. I'm Joe Idoni at Tour Picks on Twitter, and we have an incredible show lined up for you tonight for Preferred Lines. A complete U.S. Open reaction recap. The carnage that was, the carnage that wasn't. We're going to talk about it all. TPC River Highlands course preview for the Travelers Championship this week. Another elevated event. Strong field on tap. We're going to give some picks to win. I've got some final thoughts. Um, And I brought a special guest alongside one of my good friends to help me do it tonight. Uh, Sit back, relax, crack a cold beverage, uh, and enjoy the program. This is Preferred Lines. Before we get started, shout out as always. This program is brought to you by the good friends over at Fantasy Golf Pod. Uh, show shows airing all week. So go check them out mainly Wednesday nights to follow up on all any last minute DraftKings info for the travelers this week on the golf guys program, as always appreciate them for help making this show re- a reality. Um, new hats in stock preferred If you'd like to support the show as always like subscribe, but it also helps if you want to get any gear. Um, really appreciate that. Thanks to a couple of you guys who placed orders last week. They're out in the mail. Um, you guys are the best. Another one who's the best, back on the show for third or fourth time, I can't keep track anymore, Um, the ever great, everlasting Brian Kirshner. Tapping Birdie host. welcome back to Preferred Lines. What's up, dude?
0: Joe, how you doing? I want to let you know right off the bat, I'm buying a hat, okay? After this Mm. pod, I'm going on, I'm supporting the brand and I'm going to get a hat. That one looks looks pretty good. I'll have to see the selection that uh, yeah, little you got cor- going like on. like a little gray corduroy action here. Yeah. We got some good stuff in in
1: stock, man. Um, How about the U.S. Open, dude? So let's start right off the top. Before we talk about players, Um, what are your thoughts about just how things played out, course, conflicts, tickets, architecture, wherever you want to go with it? Where do you sit today, Monday, after the U.S. Open?
0: I give it a solid B, like maybe maybe a B plus. You know, I liked the course. I thought it was definitely a different US cor- US Open course than we've seen. Um I really liked 6. I really liked 8. Um I liked a couple holes on the back. Like I thought it was interesting on TV. Um like actually like the viewing of it. You know, the I wasn't too upset with the minus 8. If minus 10 won, you know, I think that kind of negates it a little bit. We had a little bit easier of a US Open, but I, I don't think a minus 10 US Open is anything to be upset about. The fans, you know, I, I don't think people realize that like there was just not fans on like 13 and 14. Yeah. Like it's not like these fans sucked, like they weren't cheering. There was literally just no one there. So I think from a logistical point, um, it doesn't make sense to host the U.S. Open there because it's so hard to follow the groups. You can't get close to the green, and that adds so much to the tournament. So 15 years, I'm fine with waiting that long, but I'm glad it's not coming on any sooner.
1: I hear you. I'm probably there with you. I actually came away as I sort of look back on it now. I I do think it's an awesome course. I don't think it was an awesome U.S. Open venue, if there can be a difference between the two. Um, I feel like there has been this intention by the USGA to make the U.S. Open maybe more tolerable or bearable for players, and that's caught them in a tough position between, like, we don't want the players to complain, but now, like, the hardcore golf fans are complaining. Even my like most casual friends who like just watch four times a year are like, what has happened to the U S open? Like, why are these guys tearing it up? I'm sure you got it too. Uh, so it was unique from that standpoint. I thought 18 was bad. I put, I said the tweet out yesterday. It was kind of like begrudging, like tongue in cheek. <laughs> like this is a terrible golf hole and I've got some fiery comments in there. Yeah. People are very mad at me about that. Um, but yeah, look, he—he he, it, it was—it's a, a bad hole, man. It was a hundred yard wide fairway on the most consequential shot of the day when he hit a giant slice that, like, I used to hit before I learned how to swing a driver. So, um, yeah, I didn't like how the tournament ended. I thought that he was a, like your guy, like me and you were on the Mayo Show before the season. You coined the phrase, I believe, then unless you did it earlier about windy C. I said. Like, after Saturday, this dude, I flipped on him at that point. I went on uh, Tour Junkies thing last Wednesday, right before that, and and everyone was ripping me because I'm like, Wyndham Clark is peaked. Like, do not play Wyndham Clark. They all came back at me. Look, Wyndham Clark wants all the smoke. He is not yeah. the competition. He had the swaggiest two shots of the entire tournament. He got everything up and down. He did his thing. I have nothing against him. What were, you, what were your thoughts on Wyndham?
0: I mean, this is a guy I was betting at 100 to 1 at the 3M Open last summer, and he just won the fucking U.S. Open. It's unbelievable. It's not like, okay, two, three years ago, he was this average player. Last summer, he was an average golfer. That was 100 to 1 at one of the worst fields in golf. And it didn't happen overnight. He just started making a bunch of cuts finishing inside the top 30, nothing special, not contending, not doing anything crazy, just putting together a lot of really good, um, results. And then I I backed him at the Valspar. That was kind of like maybe one of the first times he like truly, um, contended because before that, the only time he ever contended, he lost in a playoff at the Bermuda championship, literally the worst field in golf. Um, Mm -hmm. I was talking about the Valspar finished top five, um, Played the Corrales opposite match play. Um, I mean, this just. Missed started- the cut
1: in Mexico?
0: No, he didn't. He finished like top 25 in Mexico. Oh, but he, he was, did? Like, 20 okay. to 1, yeah. And okay. then, you know, the Wells win, it was kind of like, all right. You know, I, I think it's interesting to kind of juxtapose um, to compare it to what happened with Kirk Hidiyama. Kirk Hidiyama. Yeah catches fire wins an elevated event at an awesome course against the best field and has literally done nothing since Wyndham Clark wins a designated event and goes on and becomes a major champion I mean there hasn't really been a. US Open champion since like this since Webb in in 2012
1: yeah um, you've got to go back quite a ways we've got we've got Pinehurst lined up there have been some weird ones there as well um but but sort of excited. You know, Wyndham, like my thing on him was he's just throughout his career, not a good iron player. Like the opening six years of his career, he was a substantial loser in strokes gain approach. All of a sudden this season, he took his biggest weakness and turned it into maybe his biggest positive. And he's been an incredible iron player. And for guys like I just see more often than not, guys can get hot and get streaky with their irons who are not. Great long term iron players. It sort of comes in these waves and ebbs and flows. And I just kind of thought he was in one of those modes. And that's just tough to sustain for four or five, six month period. Um, But I see no sort of signs of slowing down. He's back in the field this week, also back in the field. The guy that he sort of went toe to toe with Rory. Um, I had a Rory ticket. I was I don't often bet him so I feel sorry for the people that do a lot. I I said at the end of the tournament it felt like being a Browns fan where your heart is just ripped out of your chest every week for this guy. He didn't play poorly but he just didn't do what it takes to win a major championship. Are there positives to take away from this week for Rory moving forward or is this just another big Sunday letdown?
0: So I, you know, Our biggest connection to golf is that we gamble on it and we want our golfers that we bet on to win. There's not many golfers on the PGA Tour that I root for that I don't have money on. And Rory is like one of them. Like, I wanted Wyndham to win. I had a friend with a big ticket on him. I obviously like Wyndham Clark. Like, I was happy with both of them winning. But, like, I... I want Rory to get another major. He deserves another major. It would be amazing for the story of Gal. It would be amazing for the PGA tour. It would be bad for live. Like I wanted him to win. And I do not understand people that are like Rory, like apologists. Like there is nothing good to take away from what happened yesterday with Rory McIlroy. It was served to him on a silver platter <laughs> and he goes out. And I just I just don't understand how you miss a four-foot birdie putt on eight. Like, that is the most egregious thing ever. You're playing a U.S. Open on Sunday. You're only going to get so many birdie looks, and you three-putt from, like, 30 feet. You don't deserve to win a U.S. Open if you do that. And, you know, f- uh, 14, the wedge, whatever. That is, like, forgivable, I guess, like, that he missed that wedge shot. It's kind of been his kryptonite this year but to me four uh eight just stands out so much you just can't miss a four footer there in that tournament when you know every stroke was gonna matter so much
1: yeah eight was huge um not being able to make a birdie after one like I I took a shot at tequila on the opening hole for a birdie and I was like I'm gonna take a shot when Rory makes birdie didn't have another one the rest of the day Brian uh look it's like there's something to be said about aggression in terms of winning and how you play. And we saw it play out perfectly with Tommy uh, the week before where he plays a conservative route. I uh, ran right, you're bringing up me.
0: Tommy like, all right, like, let will just, I mean, we're just. just no, just I was, I college. was burned by
1: it too. But then, but then Tommy does it yesterday. he He's in the rough. He's in a tough lie. He takes a fairway. wood. He gets it up by the green. I don't understand the mentality behind Rory laying up on a par five with a pretty good lie when he's the longest guy, when he hits a fairway medal as well as anyone on the PGA Tour. Um, and to not just try and get it up and around the green and accept the consequences, but just like going for a win. Instead, you lay up to a hundred yards, which is arguably like your worst skill set of everything. It was like one twenty
0: five. It wasn't even like a hundred. It was like one twenty five.
1: But he's not good at that shot. Is yeah. my point. Like I'd much rather see him like deal with the consequences of really going for it. And I think Wyndham Clark went for it. He went for it on that hole. That he went sick. for it on six. He went for it. Um, when he was had an absolutely horrid lie, and it didn't work out for him the one time. Like, the one time when he was in the side of the hill and he hit it and the ball didn't move, like, I couldn't believe he tried to do that, right? Yeah. And not take an unplayable drop. And then he tried to do it again, and he, made, and he made bogey somehow. And, like, he just went for things, and I think fortune often favors the brave, especially in majors and on Sundays.
0: Yeah, and then also, not to, like, belabor the point, you're 170 out on 18. You need to make a birdie. You need to give yourself a chance. And you put it to 60 feet. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm about saying he's going to make a TIB, but, like... And how, Scotty how, showed how,
1: it to you right before, too, like, how to play it.
0: How do you not, like, put it, you know, within 20 feet there? Like, again, you're, you're supposed to be the greatest player of the generation. And you could... It's not like he was, like, out of position. He was yeah. 170. He was in, like, an eight iron. Like, and I everyone's just don't
1: you know, these putts aren't dropping. They're so close. They're not dropping. Yeah, but they're they're from 42 feet like they those putts don't drop. You need to be from four feet and then you have to make those. And like he just doesn't give him like for and I was texting with Andy pretty much all day yesterday. And I'm like, this is painful because for the longest player in the game. He comes up short on his second shot so often. Like he is the long off a of tee box. He is the longest player in the world with an iron in his hand or with a putter in his hand. He is so short more often than not. He rarely gets his approach shots to the hole. He rarely like even uh, there's so many instances where he left a putt short too. So um was just disappointed. I have some like, big picture stuff that I think are, are okay takeaways from him for this event in terms of how he prepared for it, which was a little bit different. I'll get into some of that later. But um, some of the other guys, like notable ones, like Xander kind of melted a little bit. Ricky melted on Sunday. I thought DJ and Cam were good stories. Listen, from, a, from an outright – this is an outright betting show. From an outright betting perspective, you've got to almost bet – like the the value right now is on these live players in majors yeah. it is like cam at 32 and dj at 45 are fucking live anytime they're at those numbers if xander and cantley are 18 to 20 to 1 yeah. there's no reason that cam smith should not be 18 to 21 i think he's a better player than both of them
0: yeah and what one uh one more thing about um rory is that um, St. Andrews and LACC. He didn't one putt once. like you can't two putt your way to a major championship, and yeah. he couldn't even two putt on eight. Like it's just you just don't win like that. But like that's and another thing about Rory, this was the most under the radar. He's going to come into a major in the next two years. Like this was kind of yeah. your shot. Like he's not going to be under the he's not going to be under the radar because the next uh he's playing a place he won Augusta and then another place he won his next three majors so he was under the radar this week you were smart enough to hop on him um at a good number when he wasn't really being talked up that much and this was like his chance like you couldn't beat Wendy C like it's just it's tough but um I do agree um about the live guys um, I, I do think that it's hilarious that uh, Wendy has a major before Cantley, Xander, yep. Tony, um, all these guys. So it's 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 pretty crazy to think about.
1: Dude, so Xander. I didn't have a bet on Xander, but just I, I can't get over how like disappointing I get with him. And it's just a constant letdown. Even when I don't bet him, I'm like embarrassed almost sometimes to watch him. So I'm I'm sitting with my wife and I'm on 15. This was on Saturday, I think, when he was playing with Rom. They basically had the same putt. Rom putted first and went sort of directly at the hole, right? And and left it. You couldn't really make that putt, right? Over the little hump or whatever it was. Rom kind of went right at the hole and left himself two feet. Easy part. Xander tried to hit something like 30 feet out to the right and bring it back off this slope and three putted it and basically just laughed, like turned to Austin and like laughed and giggled. And I was like, my wife was like, what is he doing? Like, why does he think that's funny? And I'm like, that's just Xander. Like he anyone else would be so mad. He just thinks that's funny. Then the next hole, like he's got one hole left on 17 or 18 and he's not playing well. It's just decisions like that. I question this may be like a little thing that is just me overanalyzing it completely, but he played all day in Apollo and he decides on his like last swing of the day to throw on a sweatshirt. And I'm like, and I'm si- I'm sitting next to my wife. I'm like, he's gonna hit this so short. Why would you ever throw on a sweatshirt for your very last shot of the day? This is coming up short. He comes up like 25 yards short. Like the situation in the bunker as well, like just decision makings. It's just not that's not how you win in making good decisions. And Wyndham made aggressive decisions when they mattered. And he also made really smart ones when it mattered, like playing away from the hole a couple of times and using slopes and like just taking his bogey where they happened and not making double. It's just disappointing to see him continue to make mental errors. And like it bothers me to see him like just laugh it off.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I'm not a huge Xander guy. I'm not a huge like, Xander hater um, or anything. <laughs> like, he just straight up, like, he just kind of just contends in U.S. Open. Like, he's just mm-hmm. kind of like a walking top 15 at a U.S. Open. And, like, I, I honestly do still think, like, his two wins last year that were around this time were very impressive wins against good fields um, on good courses. So, like, it's hard to totally knock the guy for not being able to – to win, but it's, it's tough to see kind of in majors, but something I kind of wanted to ask you about, because, you know, we spend all week trying to make decisions on like who to bet. Like it's hard for me to even be mad at myself for not betting Wendy because I didn't think he can win. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to be like, no, Brian, you should have been like, no, Wyndham Clark can win the U S open and you should bet him at 75 to one. I don't have any regrets about that because it was truly really remarkable. And, like, that's – sometimes I just get caught up in, like, do – does it really mean anything to think someone can't win? Like, can anyone win any tournament?
1: Yeah. um, You're right. I don't think they can. And he – I wouldn't have believed that he could ever win a U.S. Open, but now that I see sort of how he was able to – handle pressure and a lot of the stuff that I knocked other guys for and just playing in the in the sharpest of pressure and contention and being able to control your swing control your emotions control your walk um, be super like he talked about just being like cocky like I love that I love the bravado and like the self-belief in yourself that like you see from a guy like Brooks um and these other players like I feel like He's, he's, he's got that dog in him. Like whatever you yes. want to say about Wyndham Clark. Like now I kind of believe that I don't think I still worry that like this setup was ultimately perfect for his style of game. Yep. Like, I wish I kind of would have known some of the stuff about yeah. like, he his even said, he said it. He, said it. he was like,
0: he's like, I, I played a practice round last Tuesday. And I was like, yo, this place is perfect for me. And then my yeah. good friend, Adam Kirk, DG betting, yeah. he goes to every tournament. And he scouts out and he literally wrote in our group chat, "Wendy by a million this week. Oh He's my like, God, he, he is did. striping it. He's like, he is striping. He didn't bet him. Um, you know, he said, I can't deal with the major record. I just, yeah. I shouldn't have looked at his major record. And yes. that was kind of the downfall to go into it. But yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I'm really happy for him. I thought he handled himself so well. And all the interviews after, like I'm happy for him. Big He's man. a good guy. Like, it's it's we were due for one of these um do do you think it was a a bigger long shot or do you think it was a bigger long shot i think gary woodland winning pebble yes i agree
1: yeah i, I agree, agree. Yeah.
0: like gary like had multiple wins
1: i had gary at 80 to 1 which may have been a bigger number but it felt like there were a was lot of the people the same number
0: it was the same yeah. number okay. yeah
1: I think it was, though, career-wise. I mean, he he had never had a major inside the top 50, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: like Gary finished T8 at the, the PGA the, yeah. the month before. So that's where, like, even I, like, wrote about it in my article. I was like, people that play well in majors usually win majors. That's yeah. true. Like, it's it true. Is. Like, it's not even like that was, like, a bad take, and then Wyndham Clark goes out and wins. Yeah. So, but it's like, yo, usually the person that wins a major is someone that has contended in a major, Right. Um, and I I don't want to, like, I think that just makes it look that much worse for Rory. Yeah,
1: um, without a doubt. Props, I, I'm willing now begrudgingly to give props to Wyndham Clark. I was sour <laughs> yesterday, but um, congrats, Wyndham. That's enough U.S. Open. Let's talk TPC River Highlands. Cromwell, baby, um, well attended. Like, speaking of last week where there wasn't really Golf fans, Um, there will be golf fans. I think the second highest attendance of the year last season. Um, Winner has averaged 60 to 1 in an outright betting price over the last 12 years. Um, Five of the last 12 years, this event has gone to a playoff. Can be very tricky around the greens for a short course kind of just based on green size and some of the sort of the quirks with the design Um, historically driving accuracy would prove to be a proper course fit here compared to the average PGA tour stop above average iron play off the tee Um, course connoisseurs so the last 15 rounds here strokes game versus like expectation which I like to look at on data golf Harmon hostler Hughes tway more Strab the bottom and in, in terms of the worst guys for this course based on their average Glover Justin Thomas things are not looking good for Justin Thomas uh, Ryan Palmer Kelly Craft Grio Brian Gay um, last year kind of a ridiculous forty seven percent of approach shots came from one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and seventy five yards they have a bunch of par fours that basically end up right around the same yardage I believe eight of them. Um, Tour average from that range is 35%, so substantially more approach shots coming from that range. Uh, Wedge work in Cromwell, you got anything else to add on the course this week? You've been there before, right?
0: Yeah, I've been there the last two years. If work isn't too bad... I'm gonna go Thursday just for like a day trip, but we'll see. Uh I have plans this weekend, so I, I would have been there, uh, but I won't be able to make it. But the thing that stands out to me about the travelers, and I know this is a bit of a small sample size, but I don't think it's a course that you have to do this extremely well. It does, it is not like this is a bomber's track, this is a mid-iron track, this is a putty track, and you kind of just have to be good at everything. And the funny thing, this is total eye test, but the funny thing is, if I asked you about the last two winners, does Harris English or Xander Schauffele have a defining characteristic of their golf game?
1: Neither. They're both no. just really solid at everything.
0: And that fits at this course. Yeah. Like that tracks totally because it's not, you just have to kind of do everything well. And even, you know, DJ, obviously a bomber chess, kind of just good at everything, like good wedge player, but you could get it done a lot of ways. And I, I know it's a cop out. Like, I truly, it's just a very fair, balanced test, in, in my opinion.
1: I like that. All right, let's talk through some guys on the board. Yeah! The yeah! Guess who's up top? Scotty Scheffler plus 650. John Rahm, 11 to 1. Patrick Cantley, 12 to 1. Rory is 12 to 1. Xander is 14 to 1. Victor is 20. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. You betting anyone at the top of the board, BK?
0: Um, The only person I would consider here is Hovland um, at 20 to 1. But I'm more than willing to take a pass um, on everyone lower than this. Um, Like, again, anyone under – like. Shuffler and Rory, what they went through last week, I think it's really tough for them to rebound and go out and win. I think Ron isn't the golfer he was earlier in the year. Cantley, I'm going on record, he peaked. Cantley peaked. I don't know when the there win is coming, but I think Cantley peaked, and I'm not willing to bet him at 12. And Xander, I think he's the most live out of that group. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's something to be taken away for really grinding and, and playing uh, your heart out last week at the U.S. Open. I
1: agree with you there. Um, I took Victor Hovland 20 to 1. Okay. All right. Um, T to green numbers have been really good at this event. In particular, he is ninth, I believe, in proximity from 125 to 150. First in 150 to 175. He has really, really got those, like, range from basically gap wedge to, like, Maybe you can stretch to 8-iron, but probably 9-iron. He's got those in as dialed as anybody in the field this week. I do like the fact that he didn't have to grind through like a late Sunday in contention, although he made all four rounds. Obviously, coming off the win at Memorial, which, you know, it's a totally different course but like visually like on tv you can see some similarities to like how the holes are very tightly lined the way the water kind of creeps in and sort of lines some of these holes and the neighborhood sort of plays the out-of-bounds boundaries Um, there's a short one that you can kind of take over the corner there's a lot of memorable holes at at tpc river highlands for me which which kind of is is a unique feature as i don't remember them very often from other places i just feel like the number is the best number here i feel like he is just as live to win as xander or cantlay and i just don't like i don't don't, rory's not gonna win right rory's not winning this and i just think if you're gonna fade scheffler which you have to at plus 650 look the the previous two events for what it's worth i believe were both elevated and they were won by Grio and matt fitzpatrick at like 33 to 1 so i just think the top guys the week after a major in contention may be a good spot to fade him victor's my guy
0: yeah you, you, yeah you kind of convinced me on him i, I think I'll, I'll get there i know he's like 22 on bookmaker so i might dive in on that i, I do feel like i'm chasing the win a little bit after missing out at memorial mm-hmm. but I, I do I think it, it is it could be very similar to Scotty situation where he kind of reels off of a couple of them. And I think the only um has he played here other than that uh 20 like he played here early in his career. Um and he and he played well here. So I, I really do yeah. like that. Um but I, I don't know his other yeah, he uh, 54th, uh an eleventh in yeah.
1: 2020 and yeah. a fifty fourth in Yeah, he in his Gained
0: seven point eight on approach. Um yeah. When he was not the same golfer, right? Um, that he was. So I think I'm probably in on on Hovland. I, I might just keep chasing it. I, I don't know.
1: Um, we're getting good numbers on Morikawa now. I'm still not even like close to there, but I understand people betting him at twenty eight to one here. Tommy Fleetwood's thirty three to one. Fitz is thirty five. Finau's thirty five. Ricky's forty. Henley's forty. Tom Kim is forty five. This next range, like. You could argue a lot of these guys are a valuable betting price. Like getting someone like Fitzpatrick or Tony Finau at 35 to 1 feel like good bets, although I, I made uh, neither of them. What about you?
0: So Fleetwood is 33 to 1 um, on some books, and he's 39, 38 on Bookmaker. I think I'm in at 38. Like. Okay. I think I'm in on Fleetwood this week.
1: It's so good. You just really you think he's gonna win, though. That's where it comes down to, right?
0: No, I don't like after he missed that putt on 18. I was like, he has the opposite of having that dog in him. Like he really does. He really really does. But I'm willing to take the chance at 38. Like I'm at, and even at 33. Like I'm willing to dive in there because he's been playing. Unbelievable. And I think he's someone that has an extremely well-rounded game. I think the proximity range, like a great mid-iron player. He's been putting really well. And you know, maybe it's a little bit of like me being like thinking guys can't win, but I don't know. Like Tao run him up, like everyone's a loser until they win. Like, I'm in. Like, I think I'm in on on Fleetwood this week.
1: Okay. Um, I thought a lot about like Homa in Hideki here. Um, because I feel like they both carry a ton of win equity. But ended up going kind of zigging here and going with both Tom Kim at 50, which I got, and Siwoo Kim at 55. Um, the, the Kim brothers are just doing it, man. And, and Tom Kim, without the ex- the exception of the Memorial, has really turned his iron play back around into a big strength. Basically since the Masters. Um, he's been really solid. There, eighth place at the U.S. Open. Now he kind of backdoored his way into there with with one really low round. But I do feel like this is a great course setup for him. And C. Wu has just been like so steady, fantastic. We sort of have the Pete Dye element, which I put a little bit into. But he's number one in the last what is was I doing twenty four or thirty six. Last 24 rounds, fairways game. Siwoo Kim is is like turned himself into Ches Revi and like Russell Henley off the tee. He's hitting every single fairway. Um, his approach play can get hot and cold, but when it's hot, I think he's as good as a wedge player as anybody. I love his around the green game. I love his sort of putting. I just like his winning upside. Like when you talk about concerns about players and I think it just keeps coming up with guys on whether you believe they're going to melt or they're going to rise to the occasion on Sundays um the aggression that I talked about earlier and just going for it I love that and Siwoo Kim so I took a 55
0: yeah I I bet Siwoo I was lucky enough to get a 66 to 1 on him good job this morning um yeah I think Siwoo makes loads of sense here playing really well contending which I like second at Byron fourth at the memorial hitting you know just ball striking his way um around I trust the putter I trust that he's able to gain three to four strokes hasn't played super well here recently but at 66 to 1 55 to 1 whatever he has win equity and it's a good course fit so i'm in on him my concern with tom kim is this has happened two times already this year and i i i always think oh this happened in the past so it's gonna happen again but toc long course had no no point in contending finishes t7 miscut next week sony at at the sony (laughs) masters top 15 finish long golf course no one expecting him to do anything misses the cut next week at rbc heritage yeah and then top point. tens at the us open no one gave him any chance goes to a perfect course fit like that there's no data behind this like i just don't know why that's happened the last two times and when he's not playing well on courses he should have and courses that like it's not like he's one, like he's one on course comps. It's not like he can't do it on short courses. It's not like we have this random thought in our head. Like this is where he should play well. So that concerns me, but there's no data behind that. That is just like what happened
1: this year. There is. I mean, yeah, you just issued a couple situations where it's happened. So I think there is some data to potentially support that. Maybe he's like, maybe he's like a Brian Harbin type. Who's like not long, but you like kind of want him on long, difficult golf courses. I don't know, but we're, All right, when we get to this next guy, 60-1 to now. What number would Justin Thomas have to be for you to consider betting him this week? Is 60 enough?
0: No, I I just, like, I'm not a JT guy. I'm not going to bet him. I haven't bet him. I bet him at the Genesis. That was it. Like, it, it set things up. I don't know what the hell it is. Do you think it's weird that, like, he's on this, like, terrible run and he's, like, now he's, like, tweeting out, like, his thoughts about the course and, like, going live with Max Homa. Like, that's a little weird. Like, yeah. do, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know I put too much into
1: the Homa thing. I thought that his, like, initial thing after missing the cut was, like, very honest, and I give him some credit for that for just being like, look, golf is really hard, and sometimes you suck, basically, is what he said. But, um, yeah, I, I think there is something – I've heard the rumblings of the injury. I think there may be something to that, but it's just been a really bad run of form. At some point, it's going to turn though, and the number is going to be great. It's just about picking that because if he shows it one week and finishes like fourth here, he's all of a sudden back in like the twenty-eight to one range.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not. I don't have any FOMO about it. Like, it's truly crazy that he's at these odds, but I'm, I'm willing. To wait till he uh till he figures it out.
1: I bet Sahith here. Okay. So I got 70 to one. There's 80 to ones yeah. out there right now. Um, I am okay with it. Look, I had my heart broken last year at this event by Sahith. You had him? Um, yeah, I had him last year. And I just maybe he's going back. He just like, shows up everywhere, and I don't know that he's another one of those guys It's tough to pinpoint a great course fit. I know that he sprays it a little bit with driver, but you look at some of the spots that he's finished really well on, and you're like, well, that shouldn't really happen if that is a course fit. So he's just really good, and I love a guy with his short game. And um, yeah, Ted's on him, so I'm on him. What do you think about Sahith?
0: Eighty to one runner up here last year. All you need, like that's more than enough to bet somebody that they're eighty to one and they play really well at TPC setups and have contended a lot and and needs a breakthrough victory. Um, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but what are your thoughts on your guy Big Den this week? Oh, I'm I've got Denny. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do act, do you actually like this spot
1: for him? I almost like all spots for him right now. I probably am not like someone that's going to be unbiased in this take, but um, I like him on hard golf courses, which yeah. he said after the memorial. Yep. I don't know that this is that, yep. Um, but I think I like the fit. Like he had a really good run here before there was, maybe it was two or three years ago where he started off really well. And then he had to withdraw because he had COVID Um, and it's just, 80 to one man, he top 20 <laughs> again last week at yep. the US Open. Um, he's just doing it and he's gaining confidence and he's gaining steam. And I just have to be there for it. So I'm gonna take the yeah. 80 to one.
0: Yeah, no, I, I obviously you were gonna be I'm um, on him. I, I was literally in a debate with a friend about Denny this week, and I'm like, he's a difficult conditions guy, in my opinion. Like, yes, like he is like he, and he even said it after the Memorial, but yeah, if you just, you know, sort by strokes gain difficult conditions, he's like top 10 easy conditions. He's like top 60. Now he has contended and played well in birdie fest, but it, it does worry me just about he seems to do it in difficult conditions. Um, yeah. But it's not like you're like buying at a super um, like low price, 80 to one. Like he's, he's 80 to one. You, you could bet that that that's not, um, that much right. um, of an investment, and I do think he the way he's been playing, it's a misprice in my opinion. So I, yeah. I, I like it.
1: What you got a long shot bomb? Anyone over one that I bet you like
0: so many guys over hundred. Like, give me your I favorite. I don't, I don't know like exactly why, but I bet on Ekro one hundred and fifty. Like the, everyone's betting that, but like I just that that's a no brainer. He's one twenty five right now. That is an absolute. No brainer, really like Jaeger. I always like Jaeger. Really, I good took Jaeger, that's my guy. Yep, good on bent. I like him. And then I really like Eric Cole. I wish he wasn't playing so much, but he's someone very well rounded player, like top 20 in this field in approach around the green and putting. Maybe struggles a little bit with the driver. He's played literally 10 events in a row. But I think this is a great spot for Eric Cole, first-round leader, top 10, top 20. I I don't know if he can win, but I really like um, all of them. And then I really, really, really like total and utter misprice, Mark Hubbard, 200 to 1. This Mm. is the biggest misprice on the board. He's been playing unbelievable, scorching hot with the irons, contended – at the Canadian Open, had some other great finishes, and he's two hundred to one um, on a course that, like last finishes, sixth, thirtieth, ninth, seventy fifth, twenty seventh, eighteenth, and eleventh. Scorching with the irons. Um, I really like kind of the these you know proximity buckets for him. So, Mark Hubbard two hundred to one is an egregious misprice in my opinion.
1: You mentioned Jaeger. Um, I bet Jaeger. Uh, he's just been so consistent lately, and it's like we haven't seen him since the Memorial. So we we had like a week or two off, and maybe people aren't going to bet him, and they they float the price back up there to one hundred and fifty or higher. So top twenty-five at the Memorial, he's been doing it pretty much across the board, as you mentioned, seemingly coming into a very well-rounded player. And then I have I took a two hundred on, which was the best number I had available. Let me see what he is on here. Hubbard is here at 200 to one. He's available. Jeez, um, he's going to be a massive number. Oh, my God. Where is he?
0: Did you miss him? Search.
1: I had to miss him. Here he is. 250 to one. Adam Shank.
0: Yeah. So I loved I, him last week.
1: <laughs> We talked to... Uh, With the TJ guys, we talked to Shanks Caddy last week and he was like, I asked him, I'm like, dude, you're talking to a bunch of degenerate gamblers. Tell me how the hell your guy goes miscut, miscut, miscut second. Like, can you at least give us a heads up? And he was like, yeah, well, he he just had a baby and like wasn't getting any sleep and finally had a week to like rest and he finished second. He did that at Colonial. He also played really well at the Valspar, and I kind of like both those courses for this week. Second place at both of those events, he was close. I think that he will. I don't know that I'll get there with the outright two hundred fifty to one, but I will be there uh, in the placements and probably like a top twenty, top forty, and have a little bit of him in jock market.
0: Yeah, he's playing great. I mean, he's playing really great and 200 to one there's not many guys that you can be like okay he's actually contended to win two golf tournaments this year in this range he could easily mess up but again you know we bet losers every single week that miss code so i'm like i bet so many guys like i might have to cast something out but i like shank i feel like i should be on him first round leader 100 percent. he's a first round leader king so i'm in on shank first round leader um i think i think he plays well this week
1: Let me see if I can hold on a second. I'm going to try to. I'm trying to share my other screen. Look, at so this is from my boy, Luke, our boy, Luke. He got me in on this. This was a misprice at Circa. I don't know if he hit you, but look at this ticket. Gary Woodland Circa put out there at a thousand to one.
0: Is he in the field? Yeah, what's his Gary like Woodland? real price?
1: This is a, I think his real price is like 125. He, he's at 125 to one, so this wow. is me, Luke, and Bearoff 60 bucks to win sixty thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's I don't know actually, if I can't this,
1: but shout amazing. out Luke for the like immediate text of like, get you in on Gary Woodland this week, and I'm like, absolutely not. He's like, how about a thousand to one? I was like, I'm in
0: literally bet anyone in the world at a thousand yeah. to one wow that's crazy yeah, yeah. I, and circa had a uh, big prices on windy last week yeah someone like the best. like so my friend rk who he bets golf i'm good friends with him he said two weeks ago he's like dude windy 160 i'm like dude yeah like that sounds great um and he he had a hundred bucks on it to win 16 grand i'm like this is sick. Like he got a 160 to one. And then these two professional betters won like a hundred grand. And I'm like, he really just took away all the shine from my boy RK. Um, uh, but it, it it's all good. But yeah, there were some there were some big miss prices uh last week, and and I tweeted it last night. Again, I don't I don't didn't mean to bring up Wendy again. But if you literally just went on Fantasy National and sorted by Total strokes gained over the past fifty rounds, and you had their prices next Mm. to him. Wendy was like seventh, and he was like sixty five hundred. So it's one thing to like someone's mispriced, but then for them to go on and win like that makes it even more crazy. Like it's not like he wanted a horrible number. So again, that that, I get that. that, I'm done about talking about Wendy.
1: Who you got on TIB this week? You going live tomorrow night? I'm actually
0: having DB on yes yeah no i love db like he's a great yeah. guy like he's super funny um i enjoy their content and i've been i i always go back and forth when can he come on he's doing stuff but i got him on so i'm excited
1: he's a busy man i i, I work for him basically and i can't even book him on my show
0: wow okay i feel good yeah. about that i mean yeah was on mcafee
1: he's <laughs> on mcafee dude what a moment for him good stuff yeah
0: yeah that was good
1: All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on here once again. um, BK, you are the man. You keep crushing Twitter. You keep crushing all things golf, and we will be keeping tabs, my man. Good luck this week.
0: Of course. Same to you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
1: it, buddy. Thanks again. All right. Awesome to have Brian on. As always, make sure to give him a follow. Make sure to give TIB, Tap in Birdie, a subscribe over on the YouTube channel. If you're here right now watching this on Twitter, Go to Preferred Lines YouTube channel, subscribe there. That would be a huge monster help to me. Uh, I'm going to do a quick final thoughts here, and then we'll get out of here. Listen, nothing, guys, nothing, and I mean nothing, comes easy. Um, Anyone who tells you otherwise either hasn't done it long enough or has extremely low expectations and aspirations uh, to themselves. As he hammered a drive down the 18th fairway into the sunset, um... On the landing pad next to Rory McIlroy, who was trying to win a tournament and stuck like a little low cut in there. Brian and I talked about it earlier to give himself a chance, like maybe nine feet for birdie. I'm talking about Scotty Scheffler. So he gets to his ball and Paul Azinger says the game of golf is just coming easy to Scotty Scheffler right now. And I thought about that and no. Like much like you've been for the previous four hours, you could not be more wrong. Um, He's unequivocally the best human being walking planet Earth at hitting a golf ball in the air. Yet hitting it on the ground is a struggle. And I can guarantee you if you ask Scotty Scheffler if the game of golf is coming easy to him right now, he will tell you no in a heartbeat. Um, it's all about expectations. He struggled for par on one. He hit one 50 yards left into the trees. He couldn't make anything really happen when it mattered most. And you can see the frustration and the anguish on his face. Nothing comes easy. Like even for these guys, having seen like the last nine years of Rory, I'm reminded of that as well. Um, he's shown up in every mood and every form, hangs around the top 10, but it's not easy to win. Um, I understand the sentiment that old Zinger was trying to make there, but I don't think it holds any truth in really any aspect of life. Natural ability doesn't make achieving things become easy. Um, There are tools that will be advantageous to you, but the ridiculous amount of heart and work that it takes to achieve something is never easy for anybody. Um, Golf is that way. Whether you're Scotty Scheffler or trying to break a hundred golf is hard for every single person who plays it. The better you get at the game, um, the more it changes your perspective on achievement. Sometimes finishing second or third is not good enough. It's life, man. And it's the mindset of keeping pushing forward. Like three years ago, there were 15, 20 people that would download this podcast. Three of them would watch it live. And I think two of them were my parents. Um, that was awesome to me, but after each landmark achievement that you hit creates a new checkpoint where you have to move the goalpost. you have to set new goals. Once it becomes easy, you've sort of failed. You should always be reaching for something that's a little bit harder. Um, I talked a little bit about Rory earlier and I felt a shift with him this tournament and I really did. And I don't mean to be an apologist for the guy. The outcome was not there. But like I've been working with my son who's six years old on this because he's trying new sports, he's trying new activities, he's reading bigger books, all the things that a six-year-old does. and He doesn't like to do it if it's hard. And I try my best to make sure that he understands that success and whether he enjoys it or not should be more about the effort than the outcome. Um, Our brains are just naturally wired to sort of conserve energy. And there's this law of least effort thought process that goes around Um, and it tries to drive you toward the easiest possible path and i think we should often try to take the hard path more Um, understanding that the outcome always may not be there but take some pride in the effort and the process that it took uh, to get there the outcome wasn't there for rory but less in front of the cameras more preparation. I talked to Rick Run Good on Wednesday and he told me Rory was the first person out on the course um, every day for his practice round. He got his work in before the cameras turned on. He got out of there before he scheduled sort of any interviews. And it was just all about the work for me. And I think that if you can just focus and keep your head down and, and be all business and just focus on the work and less about the outcome, good things will happen. Take value in the hard part. Um, He had the quote, of course, when I finally do win my next major, it's going to be really, really sweet. And I would go through a hundred Sundays of like this to get my hands on another major. At this point, I've never felt sort of more confident that it is going to happen for him. And as disappointed and as heartbroken as I was as a fan yesterday, I was proud of the battle and he made mistakes. I talked about them earlier. He Still fought, though, like he fought to the very end and it just just taking some solace in that in the way that he approached this tournament in comparison to the way that he approached the PGA Championship in the Masters leaves me a bit encouraged. Um, The God giving ability on the golf course is second to none, uh, but it's never, ever easy. Do hard things. Enjoy them. Take pride in the process. And party like rock stars when the results come in. Thank you. And I hope that you enjoyed the program this week. I hope you all have a great week. Hidden winner at the Travelers. I'm hoping that it's Sahith for the week. Visit PO Golf, sorry, preferredlinesgolf.com for any hats, shirts, support the brand. Thank you guys. Like and subscribe. Have a great week. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>